The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia once again with you. We're getting closer to the end of the week, getting close to sports coming back. We got some good news about that on today's show. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, at Craig Bish, at Joe Pizzapia 17 And Joe, uh, yet another sport announcing they are coming back. Didn't pick the best name for it, but uh, Major League Soccer uh, proudly announces that they are coming back. And, and look, I mean, in this time, I mean, maybe this is something that'll... Uh, capture the minds of a lot of people i'm looking forward to seeing how this is maybe it's possible i mean mls has been uh you know i feel like every time we have a world cup or an olympics we have the mls conversation like maybe this is the time where mls you know picks things up in this country becomes something different and the difficult thing for mls is getting those high-tiered players what happens is some of these guys the Henri's of the world the beckham's of the world they, they come to mls kind of in the twilight of their careers, unfortunately. So it's very difficult to compete against the Serie A teams in Italy and obviously all the English teams. It's very difficult to compete for talent when you're talking about the millions and millions of dollars that they're willing to spend on players in their prime. So I don't know. I guess anything's possible in this vacuum of sports. But, uh, hey, look, I think you and I are of like mind. Let's just get everything back on the field that we can safely and smartly. Those are the two uh, key S's there in this term. All right, so July 8th, Major League Soccer comes back, and there's certainly a lot of passionate fans who swear by it. I know that there are stadiums across the country, especially in some of the other markets like Kansas City. They sell out those games every single day. So um, certainly this will be a little bit of a different scenario. They're calling it the MLS is Back tournament. Uh, on the 24th of June, everyone is going to head, of course, to Florida, which is the popular spot to be, I guess, this time of the year. Um, and they're going to basically play out a tournament, a 54-game tournament in Orlando. We're going to have all 26 teams in the MLS participating. And so uh, we're kind of getting a tournament style here in soccer, which I think will be uh, fun for everybody. And I think, Joe, that's kind of the key is understanding what you have. And uh, any kind of money that any of the sport is going to make is going to make it toward the postseason. And I think that Major League Soccer uh, understands that. I know here in South Florida we're getting a Major League Soccer team as well. Yeah, I think most sports are sort of realizing that People like playoffs more than regular seasons. We don't have the attention span for regular seasons anyway nowadays. 
I think the attention span is shrinking and shrinking, and this pandemic kind of almost put a forced shrink on some of those expectations. And yeah, I guess we're all going to assume that everything goes back to normal in baseball next year. But we even talked about it yesterday, the NBA talking about maybe trimming down some games in their regular season. I think that everybody realizes that the more meaningful the games are, the more eyeballs are on them the better TV contracts will be and so on and so forth. So for me, I would like to see less regular season games. Let's scale all of those back. Let's make expanded playoffs. Let's go through that and make that a general note in sports in this country. I think that would be uh, very beneficial for everyone. Well, it would not be for the people who own the teams. And that's that's why it's never going to change. That's why, if anything, there'll be more regular season games, oh, if not less. No. Didn't you just say yesterday NBA was looking to scale back a little bit more? Just yeah, they have no, no. Yeah, because of what's happening. That's the only reason why. Is no, I mean, so late. They're, they're going, going right back forward. to Oh, no, they're going right back oh, to the Oh, I misunderstood yesterday. You were talking about, I thought you meant like going forward in order to get the oh, TV money. Only, only because they have to play their finals in October or whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, they have no uh, choice. Add more teams to the playoffs. Make playoffs bigger, short and regular season. I in guess. the NBA? In everything. Everything. NBA, more playoffs. They put in 80% of the teams anyway in the NBA. Don't you love playoffs? <laughs> don't you love what's, playoffs? What's even the point of the regular season other than making money? I, mean, I don't know. What's the point of the regular season when half the, the big stars in, in the league don't play other, every other game sometimes? So, like, that's the other thing, too. It's like yeah, these guys have a big are, problem yeah. there. But, but, again, it's super popular, and whatever they're doing is working. And so, I yeah, so. I mean, I mean, you, I, mean I, I just – I mean, maybe it's possible that baseball could snatch off five or six games from the end of the regular season and make them more postseason. But you, you, you right. basically you can't take money away from the owners. That's like ne- never going to happen. Like it's, it's yeah, it's more fun. It would make it more interesting. <laughs> I think we've but, learned that lesson this summer. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just not going to do that. So uh, by the way, we'll have a draft recap coming up really soon. I know a lot of people are are waiting for that. Really exciting night last night. Uh, for a lot of young kids in the first-year amateur draft, so stay tuned. We'll have a, a, basically a recap coming up soon on the show. Uh, USC finally made the right call, uh, Joe. We should have mentioned this yesterday, but a couple of days ago, uh, they decided essentially that Reggie Bush can have his Heisman Trophy back. I mean, we already had one guy without his Heisman Trophy from USC and O.J. Simpson, so they had a second one with Reggie Bush. But look, I mean, at the time, I mean, Bush did sort of you know, go off the rails a little bit with the agent and everything else. But after 10 years, they basically lifted it, and now uh, he's he's reinstated. <laughs> and also O.J. Mayo, who had his issues at USC, has also been reinstated to uh, USC men's basketball. So all these vacated titles and vacated trophies, they're finding a way to give them back. Well, look, I mean, you can't take away the moments the guy had on the field. And you can have all the hardware or not have all the hardware. It doesn't matter. You remember Reggie Bush. You remember the glory days and the moments. Taking a trophy away from somebody doesn't take away their greatness. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Like, it to me, it is one of the most futile and silly things that you can do. Is like, well, guess what? Your championship doesn't count because because you talked to this guy or got onto this plane or did this thing. It's ludicrous. Oh, we're going to take your trophy away. So just say to your kids if something happens, like, in a Little League game. I mean, these are these are college athletes, for God's sake, making millions slash billions of dollars for universities and for the NCAA. This this whole, like, we're going to take away your trophy thing to me always felt a little bit hollow. So I'm glad for Reggie Bush. You think Reggie Bush cares, though? Do you think he cared one way or another about this? Oh, I'm, I'm sure he cares, of course. I yeah? mean, he went, to, okay. he went to college at Southern Cal. Like, I mean, that's his alma mater. I don't think that he wants to be ostracized by them. I'm sure if, I mean, it doesn't matter in his wallet. He's very rich and he's perfectly fine for the rest of his life. But, I mean, and he's on TV too now. But I, I don't think that 
anybody wants to be banned from their school, essentially, I would I would think he's happy about it. How do they enforce that? Like if somebody saw Reggie Bush on campus, they call, you know, the campus security and they, well, That's, Mr. Bush. They go to jail immediately. <laughs> what a immediately. joke. Trespassing. What a, what a joke. I mean, come on. Oh, please. Trespassing. Yeah. It, it, it happens in all uh, walks of life. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you, yeah. you go back to your old employer and. And then they arrest you. I don't know. I've, I've been here for months now. That's true. <laughs> so, they let you back in a couple times. They let me back in many times. Maybe they don't know I'm here every day. So we'll keep that. Shh, don't tell anybody. Just keep it on the down low. Jopey's a penis hosting fantasy sports today. So Again? <laughs> Since when? I don't know. Like, I just... like Steve Howe. He's back again. <laughs> I know that probably went over a lot of people's heads, but it didn't go over mine. And this is why I love you. This is why no matter how much we might, you know, go at it on the show ever, this you say things like that. And I can't help but love you because that that was very funny, my friend. (laughs) I got to find something. Wow. That's a one uh, reference on this network for uh, ever. Just forever. Probably. You have to be over 40 to know what that means. Probably close to it. (laughs) All right, a uh, couple of uh, quick NFL news and notes. You know, sort of irrelevant stuff here, but you know, given the fact that that uh, training camp is going to start later, it looks like for the NFL that they, uh, for the time being, are going to shorten the NFL preseason. And I know that this is a big money maker for them, which is again why they haven't shortened the preseason in the first place. Because essentially, if they shorten the preseason, they lengthen the regular season. That was the agreement that they came to with the NFL because these guys still can somehow charge. 100 bucks for an NFL preseason game. It's unbelievable. Like anybody that I know that has season tickets doesn't go, can't sell them, and simply has to give them away because the NFL preseason is horrible. Um, And so uh, doing away with this doesn't really move the needle one way or the other for me. I guess the only thing that I would say is that in a two-game sample, uh, you know, those sort of guys who bust out in the preseason are really going to be limited. And I think that you're probably going to see most of the regular season guys uh, pretty quickly, I would guess. Or maybe it's the opposite, actually. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe we won't see the the real players play at all in the preseason because in all of my years watching football, 2019 was the least amount of time ever given to regulars in an NFL preseason. So maybe the days are just gone. I mean, maybe that's it. It's just suit up game one and that's it. It might be. I, I think you might see uh, what my guess, again, this is just a guess on my end. If I was them, I would have the regulars out there for the first quarter of the first game first half of the second game, and then that's it. And then you go play football. Uh, this is going to also hyper-exaggerate anybody who has a really good preseason game. If we thought over four game span or anybody who had a really good preseason gets overrated or overdrafted or overthought of, this is just going to be times 10 now. Uh, but it also, let's not forget, too, it costs a lot of money to open up the facilities and have people come here. We're talking about the people who work in the parking lots, the people who do the concessions, the people who clean up afterwards. So to have less of these games, especially if people are not in the arena themselves spending money. And, and it's one thing to, to purchase the tickets, another thing to be at the park or at the stadium. And I think when you're talking about the the expenditures and the plus minus there financially, it makes sense. I think everybody was looking to, and I think the NFL players too, to a certain extent, it's like, hey, our bodies go through enough, you know? And in terms of evaluation, if you don't know who the, the, the 50 plus guys on your roster are, who you want on the practice squad of 53, I think at this point, you know, coaches know they always say well i like to see them in the game yeah but you know what i mean granted some guys make that one play and it makes the team but most of the time you and i know craig we've watched a lot a lot of hard knocks in our life 
we know that most of the time you pretty much have an idea of who's making this team and who's not. And the bubble is a lot smaller than people realize. So I think it's it's a move in the right direction. It's something that was inevitable. Um, I don't know. Like I said, my best guess is maybe it's the inverse. Maybe the starters play the first half of the first game and then the first quarter of the second one and they get out of dodge so nobody gets hurt. But I think you got to get three quarters of football if you're the regulars in the preseason, right? Three quarters sounds about right. I, I, I'm going to guess they don't play at all in any, wow. any of the games. I'm going totally against how I started off because the more I thought about it, it brought me back to last year and it reminded me that none of them played at all. But did none of them play because like just by comparison of how how many games, you know, they have four games, like how many quarters did they play? I None guess that's of the regulars played in virtually any of the four preseason games last year on any team. Wow. I mean, from uh, my recollection, that's what I remember was thinking, oh yeah, that's right. Game three, they played and none of them played in game three last wow. year. That's, so, uh, I, I mean, I remember some of the quarterbacks playing. I remember some of those guys out there. You know, I remember Dalvin Cook running a touchdown 90 yards in the preseason game. If you went back and looked, I think that you would find very little play, less playing time last year for starters than ever before. It doesn't mean that they didn't play five snaps or six snaps. No, I understand what you're saying. Quarter, well, but it, it, used, it used the way it used to be was uh, forget about games one and two. Game three, the starters would all oh, always, always, yeah, and they would run through the half. They would come out for the second half, and they would play into the third quarter and then stop. That didn't happen last year at all. No, and usually in the fourth game, you would get, like, maybe a series at the no, most. Fourth, not, not even, yeah, fourth was not, I was going to say, not even, usually, but at the most, a series. But, so I, I, I mean, if you're a football wait, coach, we're, we're, just think, spe- we're just speculating at this I know, point. but I what do you think, what, think three quarters sounds right? No, I, I think what, what's happened is that the invent that happened about, I don't know, probably 15, 20 years ago, where the teams uh, flew into the other city and started uh, scrimmaging against each other. Yeah. I think that sort of eliminated any need for anything else because they were able to see enough at that time. And look, I'm just speculating and guessing here. And I don't think you're very, right. They very well could play both preseason games. I don't know the answer to it, but my guess is is that uh, you know very little for the marquee guys playing this year. Um, you know, there's just no no value to it, if, especially if you know a guy is going to make the team. Okay, uh, coming up next, it's time for this day in fantasy sports. And this day in our fantasy sports birthdays on this June the 11th. Joe and I will be right back after this quick timeout right here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.
Welcome back. Joe and I have a recap of the MLB draft coming up in just a little bit. Also, John Sheeran, who runs the FanDuel Sportsbook, is going to join us here on the show and talk about all of the places that you can wager on in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the different sports that they've uh, come up with, basically, that they have investigated a little bit more, created content on their site. Really interesting conversation that's coming up as well in just a couple of minutes. And so, uh, Joe, get your betting hat on. You'll... uh, you know, find out how they came up with the idea of having table tennis and and soccer from Belarus and the KBO and all of the other fun things out there. So that's coming up next. Excellent. Uh, by the way, just to clarify, the betting hat's like the visor, right? I always feel like that is the traditional, like, I, know, I like the dealer wears the visor. I go with the Kangol. That's the, like, the LL Cool J Kangol. That's, uh, that's a good look. That's a good look. Usually that's a good look for the ball guys, too. Sam Jackson used to rock that for quite a bit. Uh, Joe Pantoliano, I remember, was rocking that. Uh, I like the little visor with the hair built in. I feel like that's a good look that I should start rocking maybe just maybe next week on the show. We'll see how things go. All right. I, I am one of the few that has seen a picture with you with full hair. Right? <laughs> it was glorious once upon you a did, time. You did, you did send it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this day in fantasy sports birthday for June the 11th, a really important one we'll start off with here from 1959. Charlie Sifford becomes the first African-American uh, golfer to play in the U.S. Open. And so, uh, you know, given the fact that everything that's going on in this country right now, really absolutely worth mentioning and uh, never never knew his name before. And so it's interesting, uh, you know, there's in the, in the other sports, we kind of know more of, of that, of the African-American uh, athletes who came in for the first time, Jackie Robinson, uh, Kurt Flood, uh, you know, Frank Robinson is yeah. manager. Yeah. And, and Sifford is a name that I hadn't heard before. So I went down a little bit of a Google wormhole uh, today with uh, Charlie Sifford and figured I'd bring it up here on the show today. Yeah, I'm glad you did because it's a name I didn't know either. And this is important that we start to recognize, you know, how difficult it is to break through in many of these sports and still to this day too. I mean, how many African-American NASCAR guys are there or hockey players or, or tennis players, or even golfers at this point. And I'm sure there's more than we realize, but uh, I think it's very important to acknowledge those people, certainly who broke through those lines and how difficult that must have been. It's hard enough to play professional sports, and then you add in all the other things that go along with it at times uh, for these folks. And let me tell you, that's uh, it says a lot about the character. and says a lot about the determination there. And I'm glad we got to talk about Charlie Siffer today because it's a name I didn't know either. So uh, very good job by you there, Craig Mish. Well done. How do, how do you decide to go with either or either, by the way? Just curious. Um, I don't know. I just called. Are you an up. either? Are you an either guy? Uh, I it depends. You know, it's funny. I feel like I I it depends on how I'm it's using so it or where I am. Really? Wow. I think I would say either more often than not. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna monitor that, Brett. Make sure we keep notes on the either versus either on the show. <laughs> All right. 1982. Larry Holmes knocks out Jerry Cooney to win. The uh, heavyweight title, of course, this is an era that Holmes was uh, a champion quite a few times. Jerry Cooney, unfortunately, uh, you know, was kind of the guy who got beat up a few. He was a really good heavyweight, but he got beat up a few times in the ring for sure. And I do have a very interesting Jerry Cooney story, which is uh, back in my days working at Satellite Radio, ironically, right toward the end of my days there, they decided to have a seminar in the cities of of the hosts all over the country mm-hmm. in the United States. And so mine was was ironically, like how lucky could I possibly get that it was in Hollywood, Florida, not Miami, not Fort Lauderdale, it was in Hollywood. And I was like, wow, this is great, it's where I live. And it was only 10 minutes away from me. And, you know, I get to, uh, and remember, it's all the hosts around the country. Mm-hmm. So I get to the seminar and it's me, it's Jerry Cooney, 
and it's Charlie Weiss. Those are <laughs> those are the three people that are in the. Uh, You're definitely in- the smallest guy of those three. I can tell you because I. <laughs> I, I was, and it was like pretty funny, you know. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Like I, you know, yeah. I didn't realize Jerry Cooney lived in South Florida, and Charlie Weiss came down from uh, Palm Beach. And so uh, I got to talk to Jerry Cooney a while. Well, Jerry actually used to do a serious show right at the same time as one of my shows for a couple months at least when I was doing that show. And uh, he used to wait outside of the New York – the same place I was. We would be sitting in the lobby together or – you know, and I forget who the other guy was he was doing that show with. But we'd sit around and we'd talk boxing. He is a lovely guy. He uh, is really gentle, nice. Gentle giant uh, is how I would describe him. Still a – you know, a, a formidable presence, but just a lovely guy, very friendly. He's the guy that would come up to you and introduce himself. Hey, how you doing? I'm Jerry. That's what he did. Here? Exactly that's the same. What he, that's Jerry what he did Cooney. I'm like, like, I know who you are. And then we <laughs> talked because my grandfather was a boxer back in Hoboken, you know, back at, you know, back in the twenties and, you know, would, and he thought that was interesting. And we would talk back and forth about that. And, uh, he's just a lovely guy. So, uh, you know, I, I know he gets a bad rap sometimes because, you know, he did take some severe punishment in that people. ring, boy. Let me tell you, he was, I think we would take away is that that's one tough guy. Jerry Cooney was not a quitter. He was a tough guy, let me tell you. Yeah, and uh, mentally really good. Seems uh, really good. I mean, I, oh. I can't speak to how he is at home, but seemed pretty good in person. Yeah, he uh, does. 1993 NBA Finals, uh, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley become the first opponents ever to play against each other and both score 40 points in an NBA Finals game. Now, I don't have the stats since then. I'm going to guess that this has got to be broken, this record already, a million times over. But but this was the first time it ever happened, and certainly with the last dance, we had a chance to see the Bulls take on the Suns in that series. And that was Barkley's MVP year, too, right? Correct? That was the year he won MVP, and that was, in the last dance, that was Jordan's motivation that year. I know you hated the Jordan motivations, so... (laughs) I want to hashtag that for you. He, he, he wanted to buy, he, you know, Michael, after that was over, there was some beautiful landfill in New Jersey that he tried, that he said was beautiful. Joe's like, yeah, it was, he said it was beautiful in the documentary. So. <laughs> All right, 1990, uh, Nolan Ryan tosses his sixth no-hitter against the Oakland A's. And I feel like along with French Opens and Belmont Stakes and everything else going on, it's like another day, another night, Nolan Ryan no-hitter, man. This guy's <laughs> Well, it would tell you he was a quick starter. Like Nolan Ryan was feeling it in June, <laughs> May and June is like Nolan Ryan season. And this is it, 1990. He started in '68. And let me tell oh, you, no hitters in the '90s. That's what I mean. And I and I hate when people want to knock Nolan Ryan. I do. I just I love Nolan Ryan, man. I love the big power pitcher, the big intimidating Texan on the mound. Yeah, he walked a lot of guys. So what? Did he have a lot of wins? No. He played on a lot of crappy teams. Who cares? Nolan Ryan pitched forever. Nolan Ryan into his 40s was still mowing guys down at incredible rates. I love it. I love Nolan Ryan. And I tell you why. I remember as a kid watching him pitch for the Astros and going, man, this guy is tough, man. He is just a horse. And I just, I got nothing but respect for the guy. And you know what? Uh, I, you know, I don't understand the haters. I just don't get it. And they're out there. They're out there in force sometimes. I I, you know what? I really don't hear it. I mean, honestly, I've heard but, it a but ton. Like, oh, he's overrated, blah, blah, blah. Like, really? You go step in there and you tell me, you try to hit Nolan Ryan. Tell me how that goes. Yeah, good luck. 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup title over uh, Nashville, and that's where we'll end with uh, this day in fantasy sports from June the 11th. Now let's move on to this day's uh, birthdays in fantasy sports. He's no longer with us, but Vince Lombardi was born back on 1913, and I would say, Joe, to this day, among all of the coaches— you know, the trophy is named after him. What more is there to say? When I went to Green Bay, I was able to, uh, you know, really 
you know, kind of understand what Lombardi meant to Green Bay and what he meant to the uh, NFL. And to this day, I would say that he's probably one of the most respected coaches of all time. I don't think he'll go down as the best coach of all time. I think that he's been passed up, but he's definitely in the top three or four for sure. Yeah, actually, I was just watching a thing on NFL Network the other night. They were talking about one of those Packers teams and George Hallis said, we knew exactly what play they were going to run and we couldn't stop them anyway. And they only had six plays. And that's all they ran. I was going to say, what was it, a run to the right? It was going to make a seal here and a seal here, and you're going to run right through here. Uh, The reason I was looking to the side is because there's a book, and I wanted to remember who the author was. It's David Moranis, who wrote uh, a fantastic book called uh, When Pride Still Mattered about Vince Lombardi. It's a great read if you're looking for a summer read. Uh, Fantastic stories about Lombardi growing up in Brooklyn. Uh, fantastic stories about his family, also the early days being a coach for the Giants. A lot of people don't realize that 58 championship game, both him and Tom Landry were on that same coaching staff. And then subsequently after that game, they all parted ways. One went to obviously Dallas and the other, we know, (laughs) he ended up uh, going to Green Bay. So imagine those two guys were on the same staff at one time, pretty incredible doing the offense and the defense. And like I said, just in terms of if you really want to dig deep into the Lombardi legacy and the life and the football life, it, it's a great book. Again, it's called uh, When Pride Still Mattered by David Moranis. Uh, fantastic read. I highly recommend now, it. Now, now, I have a unique last name in Mish. There aren't that many people out there with that. You have a unique last name in Pisa Pia, and you know, no one's going to mistake that for no. a, a head coach in the NFL. I, I got to tell you. If you're not related to Vince Lombardi and you're just like Jim Lombardi, the accountant in Ohio, you got to be hating life, man. Like everybody <laughs> probably thinks you're related to. Vince I would Lombardi. just pretend I was. I mean, I, I mean, I'm an Italian like, Brooklyn. Like his a chance name I'm is to Vince his name is football. Like that. Like like there is a direct association with that name, like no other. I think honestly, like oh, I, 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 I actually... immediately would say, oh, you must be related. Or, Are you related? Are you related? Maybe well, it's stupid. <laughs> Lombardi is a very common. Uh, it's it's a more common last name. It's I would think you know in the in the equivalent of not not quite Smith, but like oh, we're come getting on. we're getting weight. No, Smith? there's a lot of Lombardi. Jones. No, I'm saying, there's a lot of Lombardis. It's not quite Smith and Jones, but I I grew up with a lot of different Lombardis and Lombardos. Okay, well, maybe and, I'm wrong you know. about that. Well, no, Lombardo not- is not Lombardi, Joe. I know, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of them. I'm just saying there's a lot of that name floating around the Tri-State Lombardo tri-stater. is not Lombardi. I know, but name. I'm just— It's I a different vowel on name, name, but I'm just saying, I would like, not associate Vince Lombardi with John Lombardo. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't, wow. but a lot of stupid people would, is what I'm saying. Anyway, go read a book. Have you read that book? It's a good book. You should read the book. Okay. I'm just saying there's a lot of Goldsteins out there. You don't think all of them are related. That's yeah, a crazy Gold, thing to say. But, but Goldsmith is not Goldstein. That's right. Don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 1956, Joe Montana, uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, born in 1956, we would have spent a lot more time on him. But, of course, we spent time on Lombardo. <laughs> 1983, Jose Reyes, a great player for many years with the New York Mets. Then a little quick trip to the Marlins, and then Rockies back to the Mets, and then, of course, retired. And then 1993, uh, Jorge, uh, George Alfaro, uh, Jorge Alfaro of the Miami Marlins, the catcher there, who they got in the JT Romuto trade. I would have loved to see if he made any improvements this season behind the plate or uh, 
or at the field, but to this point, I can't tell you if he will or not because I have no idea what's going on. So that's well, sort of where Jose we stand. Reyes also had a quick uh, little stop over in Toronto. Remember when Toronto went all in for that one season and bought a bunch of guys and Great didn't move. really work out? Yeah, bad move. Uh, but I was just having this conversation yesterday with somebody, so I'll pose the question to you before the break here. Joe Montana to Steve Young or Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, which is the better torch pass that you think yeah, when you talk about – yeah, first one. Yeah. I would agree too. I I agree a hundred percent. Championships not close, right? <clears throat> well, I mean, but Rogers and Young only won one, two. So Rogers and Young won one. Oh, okay, okay. So just thinking about the past. I mean, yeah, I you yeah, could no, say maybe it's closer. Maybe it's closer than I thought. Yeah. It could be closer than I good, thought. Good question. Yeah. All right, coming up next, what is going on in the world of sports wagering, and how has FanDuel sort of transcended the pandemic and finding ways? that you can get action on things that we wouldn't normally think of. A very candid and honest conversation with John Sheeran coming up next. He's the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook, keeping people engaged in the wagering community with options and content. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. You know, it's so interesting during this time where we've had so little to watch on television and so little to play in terms of fantasy that the wagering aspect of it has really taken the forefront, especially over at FanDuel. And the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, joins us now and going to kind of run through sort of what's been happening over the last few months uh, over at FanDuel and certainly the approach that they have had and potential approach they will have moving forward. John, thanks for coming on Fantasy Sports today, and good morning. It's great to see you. Good morning. Pleasure to be here, Craig. All right. Well, uh, let, let's kind of get started here. And take me back three months ago, John. I mean, we're all sort of, uh, you know, now starting to get back to normalcy here a little bit. But I can only imagine the uproar that you must have had in your job with all the regulations and everything that you're trying to accomplish. And then, wham, you're just basically... Uh, stuck at home and then did anything get paused how did that sort of work for you uh not really craig i mean i, I think to be honest the first challenge for us was getting mobilized and getting everybody working from home uh we have a lot of uh, support from our global brand so we have you know a team of nearly 500 people across the globe so we were able to kind of lean on those guys and do it 
uh, you know, bit by bit to get everybody working from home. So that was the first challenge. That, you know, in fairness to our IT team, they helped us to get there pretty easily. Uh, once we got there, then it was about trying to surface product because we'd lost all of our content effectively. You'd gone from, you know, two weeks before that in the middle of the NBA, you know, really getting into the meat of the season and shaping the postseason. And two weeks later, we were gone down to pretty much nothing. So uh, the pandemic is what it is. It's much more serious than sport, as we all know. Uh, and effectively, what we tried to do, Craig, was, you know, find content that was ongoing that would just kind of keep uh, people engaged, let them know that we're still there. There is still something to bet on. Uh, it was really aimed at a really recreational kind of basis and course. So things like table tennis, for example, where you can have a bet and be gone in 10 minutes. You weren't committing two hours of your day to watch a tennis match or four hours of your day to watch a baseball game. So I think we did a good job with that at getting everybody comfortable. We did a lot of streaming deals to be able to show people the content that they wouldn't have necessarily have had visibility through uh, court terrestrial TV. Um, so we did a good job with that and, and effectively, you know, we worked hard to try and find a lot of Eastern European sports that were ongoing. So table tennis, we had a lot of Belarusian soccer, which I'm sure everyone was aware of. And then gradually in the last few weeks, we've got back to Germany. Um, you know, the Spanish soccer season kicks back off today. We have uh, the Premier League coming back next week as well. So slowly, as you said, uh, we're getting some of the core sports back. And then hopefully we uh, have a platform for the NBA to get back on July 31 and hopefully some MLB and NHL as well to complement that. Yeah. And, and for us, it's, it's content driven too, John, as you can imagine with us. Uh, it's a little bit harder to dive into table tennis and and some of these things that here in the States that we've never really experienced before. I mean, I think a lot of people have played ping pong, but not most people <laughs> have, have bet on it. Um, I, I would be curious to ask you what those conversations were like internally as you guys were sort of developing an idea to put some of those options uh, online on the FanDuel Sportsbook, because I, I don't think that people get a good idea behind the scenes as to how that happens. Do you guys sit around on a Zoom call and say, hey, let's do table tennis. Hey, let's do, uh, you know, KBO. Let's do something different. How does that happen? Yeah, like, I mean, internally, we're always talking about new product, trying to find something that people will bet on. I think the phenomenon with table tennis is actually quite interesting because there's not many U.S. sports that are shaped uh, to kind of, you know, be started and over pretty quickly. Um, and I think that's kind of an appeal to people for a recreational basis. And, you know, I really do want to stress that it's really about recreation. This isn't, you know, a serious betting endeavor. Um, it was something to keep our customers engaged. So we do think about products uh, like that. And to be fair, we also have, you know, I'm Irish. We have a lot of experience with our European brands of, of, of probably surfacing a lot kind of more marginal and lower tier sport at home. Uh, because we don't have the kind of stringent regulation that we do here in the U.S. So it wasn't a new phenomenon for us for us by any stretch of the imagination. Going, doing a little bit of research to find out what the situation was in each country in relation to the lockdown uh, scenario and how, what sports could continue and how they were going about it. And effectively, we just had a roadmap from there of what we could surface. And we did the best job that we could through that period, as did all the other operators I think the regulators, I would like to call it out, you know, sometimes they're perceived to be the bad guys. A lot of them were really open to that, particularly through that period and understood, um, you know, that we had lost 99% of our handle. Um, obviously, you know, there's an impact on their taxes, but I think overall they were supportive of the idea of us keeping people engaged. And that was kind of the key message that, that drove the situation the way it went. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, the one thing that we've been discussing in terms of content on our show recently are some futures with the NFL. And, uh, you know, John, the professional football, in terms of seeing futures and being able to wager on uh, individual player totals, the over-unders on all of those, and, you know, certainly there's always going to be odds to win a Super Bowl or odds to win a championship. Uh, those are always going to exist universally on every global site. Uh, but I don't ever recall seeing these individual player propositions uh, up so early prior to a season starting. Do you think that had all of this not happened that we wouldn't have seen those? Or is this just a product of simply put keeping, as you said, uh, your your users engaged on the site? Yeah, I think a bit of all of that. I think, Craig, to be fair, our NFL traders, um, a lot of them will specialize in all of the U.S. sports. And in a world where we lost all of that, they probably found themselves with more time than they would ever have expected to, particularly in a, in a point in the calendar where we expect to be in the middle of NBA and NHL uh, postseason. And that's before you get into all of the games that involve the regular season in the MLB. So those guys definitely had additional time and we tried to put them to task in terms of coming up with new markets, which I think we've done a good job with, uh, getting a lot of betting options there for people. Because in a situation where all of us are sitting at home, for 24 hours a day, there was downtime that we all had that I guess we were interested in understanding what the season ahead looks looks like, particularly in the NFL. So I think we definitely got them up earlier than we would normally do. But I think it is a common trend that we're looking to get better at, Craig, and giving people more choice earlier. Um, we've a lot of the regular season games up for a lot of our local teams and states that we're present in. I really want to get to a position where we have every NFL game for the entire season priced in advance of the season happening so as people have that choice they're able to check out whatever game it is they want and have that base and we've always been about kind of surfacing choice to customers and that's what we continue to do yeah and it really creates good content for us because we're able to you know sort of dive in and have opinions much earlier on than we would have had and if somebody feels like a price uh, specifically is is better now than it would be in two or three months from now they you know, they certainly have the option to do that. Uh, John, in terms of an expanded conversation uh, with FanDuel and, and being able to wager on your site, uh, we're, we're looking at a great expansion here in the United States. Can you kind of, you know, catch us up where we're at uh, as, as far as uh, how many states right now are able to use the FanDuel Sportsbook and what you would project? Uh, I mean, maybe it's different than what you would have projected a couple of months ago with the way that everything has happened, but how many you would project over the next year or two? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that we're way ahead of schedule in terms of where we even thought we would be when possible was repealed in February of 2018. Uh, we're live now, I think, in nine states in total between retail and online. We have five states where we're up and running on uh, online. So they're the kind of predominant ones, but we do have retail presence in four other. Uh, Michigan, where we do have a retail presence, is likely to be pushed back to the end of this year, maybe even Q1 of next year. Um, but I do think your point is right around the situation right now. Obviously, everyone's looking at tax uh, budget deficits um, and trying to see how they can kind of catch up some of that. Um, so I do think that you know the legislators in a lot of these new states will be pushing to kind of move this ahead of schedule. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily will have a meaningful impact this year, but in the next two years, I definitely see uh, positive signs. You know, we've seen things in the last few uh, days and weeks in California, for example, which would obviously be huge. Uh, right. We've got a lot of hurdles to jump there, but uh, I do think that the, you know, the undercurrent and the tone is actually quite positive towards it. So um, I do do, I'm really hopeful. It looks like it's going to spread faster than we thought. And 
you know, one upside, I guess, the silver lining in this cloud right now in the situation that we're in with the pandemic is uh, those states are now definitely more motivated to move it along quicker, for sure. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. I, I guess maybe this is more of a self-serving question, but as you knew, John, where I live, it's it's kind of the wackiest you know state, basically, where things are, you know, you vote yes for no and no for yes, and all kinds of things seem to happen uh, in our state here. I used to do a whole segment called uh, Florida Man, just talking about the dumb things <laughs> that we do here in my state. What I mean, is there a chance here where I live that that eventually I'll be able to log on? I mean, I can log on now to the FanDuel Sportsbook, but will there be a chance I'll be able to bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook in the next year, two, three? I feel like we're going to be last because of all the nonsense that happens here. Yeah, look, I mean, Florida is, as you say, a little bit wacky. Um, obviously, the Seminole tribe have a strong grip hold on it. And, you know, corporations like Disney um, definitely represent some challenges, uh, despite their kind of, uh, you know, the fact that they own ESPN, they've got a really good brand recognition. I'd be surprised if long term they don't enter the market in some way, shape or form. And I'm pretty sure they'll change their stance when that happens. Um, look, there's big challenges in Florida as there are in other states. I saw some positive things through uh, the the second half of last year and the first few months of this year in Florida. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, and I would expect you will be uh, later than a lot. But I do think it will be ahead of you know a ten year plan that we probably penciled in uh, when passport was repealed in terms of Florida. So it'll take time, but you know I think as it rolls across the other states in the country and people see how you can do a good job with this, I do think Florida will become more motivated to move it as well. So. I'm hopeful, but yeah, I wouldn't be holding your breath for it, put it that way. Okay. Well, uh, listen, I'm a big fan of of, uh, of your sports book, and certainly we use it for content on our show every single day. And, um, you know, and I'm hopeful that I can use it for more than just content eventually, John. And so that's kind of the situation that we're in. Um, thank you again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I know that your time is very valuable. You have a lot going on over at FanDuel. And Certainly for people who are watching this right now, if you're in one of those nine legal states and a couple more to come, you can go on to the FanDuel Sportsbook. And by the way, uh, great content there too. I mean, I, I log on there every day just to get an idea of to what the lines are because it helps us from a fantasy perspective as well. It's really a great tool for content and also obviously a great tool for wagering as well. John, thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I hope we can talk uh, more often and kind of catch up on things where we're at from a, on a week-to-week -week basis. Thank you again. No problem, Craig. Thank you. All right, John Sheeran, the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook, joining us here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to take a quick time out here on the show. we got plenty more to come. Uh, make sure you log on to our brand-new radio site, Sports Grid Radio. We're broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Head on over to YouTube, like, and subscribe to that as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Sports Grid. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Joe Pizapia joins me back on the show as we dive into some of those NFL odds and recap last night's MLB draft. We're back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Sheeran. You can also catch it this weekend on Fantasy Sports Today's Weekend Edition. Check it out this weekend right here on SportsGrid. Uh, interesting weekend we have coming up ahead of us. A lot of different things happening in technology. Uh, one thing I know and one thing that I'm a little unclear on, I got to do a little bit more uh, research. The first is obviously... Uh, that PlayStation is getting ready to launch their new uh, device, which is super cool. Um, not so much for me because I'll be buying it. But to make <laughs> matters worse, um, well, not to make matters worse because she does deserve it. My daughter graduated middle school and she wants a present. We decided we were going to get her a new uh, laptop. Now, she already has a MacBook Air. It's it's probably it's probably three years old. But, it, but at, at that stage, it is kind of time to get a new one. I remember here um, using my laptop. For Sports Grid, basically, uh, I had trouble using it. It just wasn't really. It was good. I, it got me on the air, but it wasn't as good as it could be. And I went out and got myself a new one. Um, but the thing that I heard that Apple is doing soon is they're going to be doing some sort of exchange program coming up soon, where you're going to be able to send your old one in and get a new one, or or something along those lines. That announcement is coming next week too. But let's go back to uh, to PlayStation here for a minute. Now we've talked about this for a while. My son is really into the baseball games, and he's wanted to get MLB The Show. I've held off because of the notion that uh, PlayStation is going to be coming out. But I guess the question that I have, Joe, is that is this reveal that is about to come out going to tell us that it's going to be out next week or the week after or the next month? Or is this going to be out in December and I'm going to have to wait another five months? Uh, gaming systems always come out around the holidays. That's typically. I think what you're going to get is the reveal and then probably pre-orders, and that's what's going to happen. That typically is the gaming community. You're going to get the reveal, you get the, the the target date of when it's coming out, and then you get all the pre-orders, and a lot of the money is made in the pre-orders. And some people will tell you, well, it's stupid, but you know what? If you want to make sure you get the system, and you want it on that date, or that specific game on that date to go with it, that's what happens. So what you're going to see now is the reveal of the system. You're going to also get release dates of games as well for the PS5 specifically. And what it means is there's going to be a whole lot of people starting to <clears throat> jettison PS4s as time goes on. Now, right now in the pandemic, this might be a little bit more difficult of a phase because maybe people are going to be hanging on to their systems more because people are playing a lot more. But I think this is your opportunity here because now you have a fork in the road, Craig Nish, with here and your boy because he's been wanting MLB the show. He's been wanting to play it. You are trying to, you know, continuously, uh, you know, Pump him up there and say, yeah, you're loving baseball. That's fantastic. He's really into it. You're really encouraging right. him. So are you going to wait for the very expensive PS5 and go all in? Or are you going to strike while the iron's hot, get a PS4 on the cheap, get him the game too, let him play, and then realize in two years from now, uh, he'll be on to something else. So the question is, which path are you taking? It's a good. Friend? It's a. It's a good. It's a good question. The one thing that I've read is that RBI Baseball uh, is coming out for the um, for PlayStation, but it may only be available on PlayStation Five. So he plays that as well. And so if I was to invest on the cheap on a four, and he couldn't play it on the five, that could be a problem. So probably going to get the five. Yeah, that's that's it. That's Craig Mish that I know right now. Now here's the probably thing. Probably going to get the five. Now, here's the thing. In the meantime, he's okay because okay. he's playing, what, older RBI baseball on, a, like, a no, PS3? RBI, no, R, no, no, he has Xbox. New okay, Xbox. so he's got an Xbox. Okay, so he's not yeah, bereft he of Xbox game. this year. No, he has an Xbox for this year. 
And then he's into this game, uh, Tap Baseball, also, which is on uh, yes, yes, on the, the apps. But it's spending way too much money on that game. Really I am bad. not a fan of uh, this. Is just me personally. I maybe it's because in college I was a PlayStation person, but the PlayStation controller I always liked way more. The Xbox controller I felt was very uncomfortable. I don't like it, and that's going to be a weird transition for him from the Xbox if he's you know used to that over to the PS5. What's but, the difference? Oh, just in terms of the the shape, the size of the controller, the where the buttons are, bigger, what the buttons smaller, are, bigger. The uh, the the PS five bigger. No, the the Xbox one is oh, bigger. Oh, the Xbox bigger. Okay, yeah. yeah. So like know. for him, it might be a little easier as a kid to actually you know hold the other controller. It's just the different shape too. Like one's kind of a weird bulbous ends there. The other one's a longer controller with the two you know handles on the side. So uh, look, I, I I kind of agree with you. I think if you're gonna do it. You might as well just go all Probably in and do it yeah. for the extra 150 bucks or whatever ends up being, because look at the end of the day, you know it's uh, and it's something that you should play with him too. I think I think you need to get I into play RBI. Yeah, playing the play, RBI. RBI. Oh, absolutely. Now, how yeah. are you in the RBI? Be honest with you. Is he kicking your butt? It's it, you know what I, I feel like we're we're more or less equal in the game, <laughs> but. But the, but the team, it really does come down at this point to the teams that we use. It does feel that way. Like, yeah. if he is the, if he, yeah, it feels like if he is the Dodgers, he's going to beat me. It, it pretty much doesn't matter who I am. Wow, it doesn't matter. The Dodgers are such a juggernaut. That's, so you got yeah, to I mean, look, at, like, I, I, I try to pick teams that I think that could hit some home runs. So I'll be like the Reds, but inevitably, like, even though I hit some home runs, he's going to well, hit my guys. Why don't you go to Cole with uh, Cole and the Yankees and all those bats? Can't go there with Judge and Stan. I imagine those are video game I, 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 I could, but I hate being, like, the juggernaut teams. I sort of like being the second-level teams. I don't think it's fun. So you, it's like golf. You're, like, taking the little handicap. Like, you're going to take the Reds. Of course, like I want it. I won't. I don't want to crush him ever. So it's like I'll take Texas or I'll take the White Sox, um, you know, and 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 uh, or Arizona. But yeah, I try not to like be the very best teams. But you know what's and, funny and, is that he was generation... he used to play with the Marlins all the time. I'm like, listen, if you keep the Marlins, you're not gonna win this <laughs> again. You sit him down. Listen, son, these are some hard life lessons. But you like he's the Marlins, I would pick the Royals. I'm like, okay, you could beat me here on this one. You it's know? amazing like, how generation generationally we we change like my grandmother when she was teaching me to play cards she would kick the crap out of me every day on a daily basis and then and her response would always be well that's how you learn and then she would deal out again like that you know but that was that generation that was that world war ii depression generation where i was like listen kid life is tough get a helmet this is how life's gonna be but i do remember when you beat her you felt something you're like yeah i'm the grandma rummy there's something to that yeah, the other the other game that we play that 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 um, that he will beat me in, or I or I like sometimes I'll show him how difficult it is to beat me in is that we go in the backyard, and since there's no like playing field for us to play in, what we'll do is we'll play like wall ball. So we'll throw the baseball off the side of the house, mm. and we each have our glove. And it's so hot outside, by the way. We did this uh, yesterday, <laughs> and we just throw the ball off the wall, and whoever catches it gets the point. Then you can basically throw it wherever you want, That's and fun. so I challenge I challenge him to get creative with that, and he really has. So like he'll throw it and like try to run in on me and catch the ball and things like that. So um, I don't let him win. Like he really works hard for that. So I I, I try to instill that as well. Mm -hmm. But as a young kid, I mean, I guess cards are a little different. I'm not sure, but nobody <laughs> likes to lose constantly. No, think. but my grandmother loved to play games of any kind, but she would always <laughs> like I said, she was no prisoners. It was like, hey, you want to play a game? Yeah, and I always well, wanted I to. And, and, you know, it's funny, my youngest daughter has a huge competitive streak, and she's basketball. She hates to lose. 
hates it. Like, and I'm trying to get her better at that. Like I'm intentionally beating her sometimes just to teach her like, Hey, shake my hand. If you beat me, you beat me. That's fine. But like, you know, but she's got that, you know, <laughs> that Michael Jordan vibe about it where she, it doesn't sit well. Like she's just, she's going to take it out on you in the next game and stuff like that. And I think there's something to, like, you don't want to break that completely because I feel like that kind of competitive spirit is, is a weird drive that not a lot of people have. And I think it can get you to greatness, but you also have to learn a little bit of sportsmanship along the way. It's like, sure. hey, sometimes you're going to meet some people who are as good as you or or better, and that's going to make you better and respect them. But, you know, oh, man, she's got that streak in her like she just and not to say she cheats, but she she was she's willing to bend the rules, you know, in order to get that extra point or get that thing. And that's it's very funny. Like you could see it in a seven, eight year old kid like they have that little fire inside of them and some kids do and some kids don't. And uh, that's, uh, it's an odd thing, but I, I'm glad about the PS five thing. Cause I know this has been a thing for the last two months. We've been going back. And it forth. has, it's it has, but nice if it comes out of December, we got That's what it is. That's what it's going to be. December. It's going to be look, December. Please tell me the first, first night it's You gotta do this the first night. You can't wait till the eighth night. Right? I, I don't know how we're going to do it. I mean, usually the big gift is at the end, but you know, we'll see. Oh, that's that's brutal. You know what the worst thing is the worst thing you could do. You give him like one game a night and he can't play well, no, it. No system? <laughs> no system. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, you have to you, learn to wait. You can host on Sports Grid with no microphone. No, give him the system with a game. Just do of it out course. there. Of course, of course. Here's all eight nights at once. Go crazy, kid. <laughs> all right, yesterday, good news. Uh, some of the best games I've played all time have been those boxing games, too, by the way. Mike Tyson's punch out and some of those fun games. Uh, but uh, speaking of Tyson, not Mike Tyson, but Tyson Fury ah, yes. has signed a deal to fight Anthony Joshua two times next year. And so that certainly will be exciting. And I got to say that of all the boxers that we've seen in the last decade, Tyson Fury does move the needle, Joe, for a lot of people. So this is uh, this is probably going to be something that a lot of that a lot of folks are going to watch. It's been a while since we've had heavyweights that people have been interested in, but Fury, I think, could potentially be one of those guys. Tyson Fury is a good interview. He's a he's a he's a fun guy. He was in WWE for a short period of time. He's very congenial. He's got a lot of personality. He was in a little uh, thing there with Braun Strowman for the Saudi Arabia show that they do a couple times a year, and I feel like he is in his own little way kind of helping to revive boxing, which is kind of on death's door a little bit, but. I definitely feel in the last two years with him around, it's been, and now he's been there around there longer, but it definitely feels the last two years at least that there's been a little bit more juice. And I do think it's partially because of him and Wilder and these fights that they've had and and also just kind of the personality of this, the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. And I, I think he's good television. And I think that's something that boxing was always equated as Muhammad Ali, personality, Mike Tyson, different kind of personality, but a personality. Like, you know, boxing always had those kind of guys and that, lacked a lot of personality for a long time and Tyson Fury's kind of brought that back and I think that's great all right we uh, have some personality coming up next we're going to hit on some more interesting topics in fantasy sports as uh, we got really I think a very exciting night of the baseball draft last night so we're going to hit on that as well uh, but coming up a little bit later Joe we're going to hit on some NFL props and uh, th these are new on FanDuel by the way these are the order of finish in the divisions. You can actually bet on the like order this. of finish in the division. So today, a little bit later in the show, stay tuned or hit fast forward if you're watching on YouTube. We're going to touch on the Giants and the Eagles on FanDuel today based on their order of finish. So um, 
I mean, I mean, these are like so wild because a lot of it could come down to, you know, two teams could play each other. They could tie and then it mm-hmm. could come down to conference record. But I mean, the one thing that FanDuel isn't short on is giving you some opportunities. So I'm looking forward oh, to touch yeah. on this. Look. So many different looks, man. And I, I love this one because, I mean, and and of course, the odds are skewed to exactly what your pre-deceived, preconceived notions are of where these teams are going to finish. So yeah. really what you're looking for is. What team has a chance to play above board, which I think is always every year there's a team that kind of comes out of nowhere. And I think part of this is identifying those teams and where they are in the FanDuel Sportsbook and where you can make money with them. So I think this is fascinating and I'm excited for the series that we're going to do here because I really think, uh, especially with this one too, the Giants and Eagles, I think there's a little bit of play and a little room here for uh, some possible money to be made. All right, that'll do it for our first hour. But coming up next in just two minutes, Joe and I will recap the first few picks of the 2020 Major League Baseball June draft. Who got taken last night? Where did they go? We'll tell you next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.